Welcome to Fulfillment Hero, where we share, define, and discuss the principles that model filling life. What's going on, Sal? My name is Sal, and I'm here with Dustin. <laughs> nice. That is I. Uh, and what is this, bro? Today's Saturday. Saturday, sit down. Saturday, sit down. Bring the fire. Yeah. yeah That's good. We're just going to sit down and go over topics that are interesting to us. Yeah, a little coffee talk, huh? A little coffee talk. Hear you guys' responses on it after. Yeah. Weigh in on it. We love it. Yeah, we've been loving the feedback. There's been a lot of feedback lately, uh, and that gets us excited. And that's why we're sitting down this wonderful Saturday. Bro, the weather outside has been fantastic. Uh, not too cold. Not You're too lying, bro. It's been windy. Windy is at some points, but <laughs> not all the time, all right? Come on, cut me some slack. Hey, we're live, The bro. mornings have been nice. It's nice outside right now. I can't complain. It could be worse, right? He says that as we're inside a building, it's nice. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. Well, let's jump into this, man. This is going to be good. Uh, something that's been on my mind lately, something that I've been wanting to talk about, is resentfulness in society. Resentfulness. What do you mean by resentfulness? Mm. You know what? All the... I, wouldn't, I don't know if you'd call it hatred, but all those negative feelings that we push towards each other. Uh, and I can tell you where those stem from. Um, you know, looking at the national media or like the news outlets and a lot of things that circulate around <laughs> around Facebook and all the arguments going on, there's just so many fingers being pointed at each other, right? Uh, it's always somebody else's fault. It's always something external that's causing the problem. Uh, you did it. That did it. It's That's the reason I'm upset right now, right? Something that's out of my control, but I'm going to complain about it anyways. I'm not going to do anything about it, but I'm going to really, really complain. I'm going to be resentful uh, towards that individual or that thing. And what bugs me about that, Sal, is that when you, when you have resentfulness like that, it really puts you in a bad, a bad spot. And instead of being resentful, you could take extreme ownership, take ownership, Jocko uh, Willink. Jocko Willink. We like to take it to the extreme level because at that level, it really solves all your problems. But when you're when you do take extreme ownership of you know what's going on in your life, you stop pointing fingers. You stop being resentful to others for what's uh, for the negative things that uh, you perceive in your life. And when you answer the problem or a- answer the question, "What's wrong with the world?" instead of saying, "You know that person's a problem, that thing's a problem," it turns into I'm the problem. And that's very interesting. You know, you should answer that. I am the problem in a way that benefits you and not in a way that makes you resentful towards yourself. Okay, so don't go there. Don't be resentful towards yourself when you answer that question in that way. But turn it around and say, all right, if I am the problem, if I am the problem in the world, how can I be the solution? How can I be the problem solver? How can I make a difference how can I make an impact? And when you do that, that's when things really start happening. That's when you really create change in uh, your environment, in your community, in, your, in society. And if everyone answered that question, what is wrong with the world today, with I am, and turn it around and say, now how can I be the solution? I truly believe that this world would be a much better place. This world would be much stronger. There'd be many individuals going out there with the focus on solving problems, right? Not just, you know, nagging about and complaining. 
but going out and really just getting after it. And that gets me excited, man. I know that's something that you and I have really taken on is uh, taking ownership of everything. Trying anyways. Yeah, trying. We're not. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's a that's, process, but yeah. That's a good point. Okay, that it does take a lot. It takes a lot of work because it's not easy. Um, well, on that, you know, how could we practice taking ownership? So where, where maybe does one start that journey of taking ownership for literally everything that goes on in our lives? Like all the external stuff that we can't control. How could we own those kinds of things? Before that, I had a question for you on that. So, you know, from the experience of, you, you know, we see these people that are, you're experiencing that most people are pointing fingers, right? What do you feel that is? Why, why would someone point a finger rather than take ownership and say, how could I contribute to this? Or how could I better myself? Why do you think people do that? Do you, do you feel there's a reasoning for that? I think there's many things. One of them, on, honestly, one of them, I think, is the fact that it's so easy to hide behind a screen nowadays, right? I mean, it's one thing to have a conversation, you know, to be resentful towards someone, but to their face, right? To actually go up and point your finger at someone and maybe point, like, poke them right in the chest and say, you're the problem. That's, that's one thing, right? That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. But I've got to say probably 99% of the resentfulness going on right now is all, all online. It's all... You know, there's there's all these walls that you're, you know, hiding behind. So it's easy to point fingers. It's but and it's also easy to say, oh, I care so much about this issue. Like I'm I'm so passionate. Like uh, this is something that really affects me. It hurts my heart to see this. But then you're not doing anything about it, right? And you don't have to show people that you're not doing anything, right? You don't have to to show that part. You you hope people assume that. Oh, if this person's so passionate that they're, they must be, you know, doing something to make a difference. Mm-hmm. But most of the people who complain and are resentful don't, don't actually take action on it. That's what it seems like to me, you know, being able to hide behind um, a wall where you can get your opinion out, but you don't actually have to act, right? You can yeah. show your support, say that you're supportive of whatever cause, but you don't actually have to go out and, and do the work. But I'm going to play the little kid here, and I'm going to go like the seven whys. But why do you think people are hiding behind the screen? Why do you think people are resentful? Like even deeper, on a deeper level, let's take it deeper. Why do you think people do that? What What would be the reason? If we really broke it down and we said, hey, being resentful is poisonous, man. It's It's killing you and it's killing the world. But, you know, most people on a level would understand that. But why do they still do that? The fear of what others think. There you go. Yep, There's some type of fear in there. Yep. Yep. And that, that, I, yeah, you know, that stems from the whole social media thing, but it's kind of like, you know, watching somebody get, let's take it back to, yeah, if you're a seven year old, right, you might be seeing uh, another student being bullied. But how many times or how many other students might sit there and watch, you know, another student get bullied because they're too embarrassed to stand up for what they believe in? Right there's that fear of taking action for what's right because you're worried about what people think. There are many um, topics that there's a lot of of many gray areas, right? So there's fear, fear in taking action because you're scared of what people think. You're not, you won't actually stand up for what you believe in. Yet you might throw in some lines, you know, just for the just to show that 
maybe you are, but you're not going to show the posts about you actually, you know, digging deep, you know, actually satisfying uh, that call that you have towards that cause. Uh, but it's absolutely that fear, uh, the fear of what others think, man, fear of others. Uh, what kind of steps now do you think? Yeah, well, now that we're at the root, what maybe what can some steps be to get over that that fear of others and to take ownership to really stand up for what you believe in? Is there anything that kind of hits you in the face there with that one? Hmm. I mean, I don't know the answers to all this, but I think it's very important to you know. There's always that fear of failure or fear of what people are thinking of you. I mean, I struggle with it on the daily on certain. You know, I might have got better on it on certain things, but it's still there. And I'm like, why? Why do you fear so much of what people are thinking? But on that one, I kind of go back to self-love. Um, I think there's many ways you could tie it in. Um, but the way I tie it in is through the love of myself, where I get my love from God, which is higher, unwavering, always there. So he purifies my love and then i love myself i never i never truly love myself i never got the whole i'm like oh yeah self-love like what is that you know kind of shallow on it just like what does that even mean but i kind of get it um should i do the magical kitchen thing yeah man let's talk this yeah i think the magical kitchen is a great example of this so you know some of my friends if you guys already had conversations with me i love sharing this with you guys but for those of you that i haven't shared it with um I read this book called The Mastery of Love. And I might have not quoted this the way exactly the way it went, but here we go. We'll give it the best shot. Um, the Magical Kitchen. So, Dustin, you're going to be the character in the story. All right, man. All right, Dustin. Let's say you have this magical kitchen. And any f- any food from anywhere in the world, your kitchen can produce it. Any type of food. Anything you think of, that's a magical kitchen. I would love that kitchen, by the way. Oh, man. <laughs> I love to eat. Yeah, I know you're hung- always <laughs> hungry, bro. I'm going to be surprised if you're catching lunch soon. <laughs> but anyways, with that kitchen in mind, let's say a woman comes up to your door and she rings your doorbell. Mm-hmm. And you go answer the door. And I have the magical kitchen. You ha- Dustin, you- the magical kitchen is yours. Okay. And you go answer the door. We'll name her Amy. Amy's standing at the door with this pizza. It's the cost of the pizza. Really good pizza, by the way. And she says, hey, Dustin, oh, man. I got this pizza. If you do what I say, I'll give you a piece. And, you know, you take no offense to it because you're like, I got that pizza and much more. Mm. So what you do is you just simply... It's like a little grin. You're like, no, no, thank you. But you're more than welcome to come eat that in my kitchen or get any other food that you would like in my kitchen. Mm. And there's no offense, but you say, hey, well, when you make up your mind, I'll leave the door open. Awesome. Now we reverse, we reverse it. And we go into Dustin, you haven't ate in two days. Yeah, I don't have my kitchen anymore. No, you don't have your kitchen. Your kitchen's gone. You haven't eaten in two days. And you're like, man, I'm starving. I, I, I need food. I'm hungry. Like, where am I going to get my food? You don't know where you're going to get your food from. And Amy comes to your door again. 
circumstances are different this time for you because you don't got that magical oh, kitchen. Hungry. She rings the doorbell. You go answer, and you smell that pizza instantly, right? That smell gets you. And she says, hey, Dustin, if you do what I say, I'll give you a slice of pizza. And you, not knowing where you're going to get your next meal from, say, I'm all in. I'll get that. And the next day comes around, and you're like, I'm not sure. I still don't know where I'm going to get my food from. So sign me up for another day of that. And it goes on. But anyways, moral of the story is that's love. Love is self-love where you love yourself. And I mean, that, me, that's I'm when love, you have that magical kitchen, right? When you have self-love. Yeah, well, you got that self-love, God, whatever. And you're full of that love. All you can do is give. Your door is always open. Hey, you're more than welcome to come eat at my kitchen. But you also reverse that. And you're saying when you don't have that self-love, you're needing it from other people. You need the approval of others. You don't know where you're going to get the love from. So you cling on to the first thing that comes to your doorbell. The first thing that comes to your door, you cling on. And that's it. Like, I don't know where I'm going to get love from. So I'm going to hold on to this. And that's kind of, I tie that into the opinions of others. Because, okay, through God, I find purpose. I know I'm loved all the time no matter what and I love myself so now with that and I keep building I mean I it's not every day I have to always build on that but going in with that being the case I'm not fearing the approval of others like I was before because before I wanted people to like me so I'm trying to do everything to please somebody so that I could get love from somewhere's Cause I don't know where I'm going to get it from. Cause I'm afraid to be alone by myself. I don't know. Um, so that's something that's helped me get over the opinions of others. Like I could live free and be me. And whether people reject me or not, it's all right. I'm being me. I got love from God. That's unwavering. It's always there. It continues. Mm, dude, I think that's so important. And this is so, dude, this is so important for so many people listening to this. I mean, I've, I've heard this uh, even coming in through DMs this week. Uh, but, man, it's so awesome to be able to look, to go to your faith, go to that self-love, and get that validation there. So many people are going out and, yeah, clinging on the first thing that comes to their doorbell because that's the only place that they feel they're getting that, that validation. They're getting those good feelings. When you could be working on yourself, you could be, you know, building that kitchen to have to have anything that you want, you know, an abundance of, of that, that love of that validation, uh, just by focusing on that, your intimacy with God, uh, being intentional with your faith like that, focusing on yourself. That's, that's very important. And that all goes back to, yeah, the resentfulness, right? Being, uh, not taking action, but being concerned about what others think, uh, and not, not taking action in that way because you're, you're scared. Right, you don't have that that self love. Uh, so, man, that this was really good, Sal. I'm glad that we talked about this today because I think it's very important. Um, hmm. Hey, well, speaking of self love, I think that was our challenge for day two in the uh, Unstuck Yourself Challenge, huh? Our video selfie challenge. Yeah, that's the challenge today: self love. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're challenging people to do on this one for day two 
is go in and find something that you love about yourself. I think so often that we get caught up in this social media, we're always trying to get likes, we're trying to get followers, we're trying to, and if we don't, our world's crushed. We feel like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with me. Something's, so the what we're trying to do is build that self-love to to where the point of you're already, everything you get is extra. Like, okay, I'm already loved. I wake up every morning and I build up on that. I'm loved. God's love. Love myself. Now anything else is extra. But I don't need it. Like, I don't need it from the external world. And uh, I think it, the, the younger generation is going to experience a lot more of that where it's like, oh my gosh, I only got so many followers, only got so many likes, and it's going to crush them. So that's why we go back to self-love. You got to have that connection with yourself. Most, like, even in the video that we posted today. You check out Sal's hat, by the way. It's pretty yeah, nice. I have he's rocking that yeah, hat. he's bro. really swinging. They're trying to, to pick up the ladies. <laughs> so. <laughs> But yeah, even in that video we posted today, you know, we know so much about the people we look up to, the the famous rock stars, the the athletes, singers, whatever, and we know what we love about him and we know everything about him, but we don't even know about ourselves. What about our talents? Every one of us has a talent. Every one of us has a gift, but we have to look within. A lot of us don't do that work and look within. So we're just like wishing we were someone else. I wish I was that person. I wish I was this. You got something even more special, unique than that person. You you just got to find out, you know, what you were meant to shine at. And that's why we're doing the self-love challenge to, to find something that you love about yourself and to say it out loud to the world. Because a lot of people are like, ah, well, I'm not so-and-so. So um, maybe I'm not like, no. Take that. You have a talent and just say it and be proud of it. You know, I mean, stay humble, but be proud because I think a lot of times we're just looking at what we do not have and how we're not like other people that are famous and understanding we're all human beings. We all have our struggles. We all have, you know, even those famous people you look up to, they have their struggles as well. We, we look from the from the outside, look it in saying, man, that's a perfect life that I would love to live. But there's also struggles within it. Yeah. How many times do we find, you know, these these rock stars, famous people who are seriously depressed, right? Suicidal. How many famous people do we know that they had millions of dollars? They had awards. They had all these things that we say would make us happy and they off themselves. Why? They that's. See, the people define success as that, but they're not going deep enough into fulfillment, right? It takes much more to be fulfilled other than just, you know, physical things like that, man. It's a lot of what you do to work on yourself. What is, uh, we'll quote Tony Robbins here, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So if you succeed and you're not fulfilled, that's the ultimate failure. Because now you thought you got, where you wanted everything you've ever wanted and you're not fulfilled. That's scary. That's scary. That, that, that scares me, man. Uh, and it, unfortunately there's many people out there doing that, right? Taking, uh, the short route, right? Trying to get the quick, quick and easy way to success without realizing that 
fulfillment's the real end game, right? It uh, it's pretty nuts, man. Well, is there anything that's on your heart today? Anything that's been that's been touching you lately? Let's see, man. I've been on the journey of uh, masculinity. That's been really interesting to me. Um, just for the, just because the fact that I had, um, let's say I had a a wrong, my vision was wrong of what I thought it was to be a man. And now looking back, I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. I, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> even, you know, me and my friends, whatever we hung around, it, the, what we defined as being a man was the guy that was the toughest and got the most women. And looking back on it, we were all so empty and I was empty. I knew it. I would get pats on the back from my friends, my guy friends and, Oh yeah, so like you're tough and this and that, but I would wake up still empty. You know, that emptiness that you have inside. And I felt like I was always putting a mask on and be like, Oh yeah. Oh cool. I'm, I'm pumped up about it. And yeah, I'd have moments of being pumped up and then, but I would wake up alone and I wasn't happy with the man I was looking at in the mirror. I knew there, you ever have that feeling where you're just like, is there something more than just this? You know, it's, so that's the journey I've been on. And uh, one of the things I took away from learning about masculinity is there's two questions that a man has on his heart that he's always looking for the answer is, do I have what it takes and am I enough? Um, so if we don't, you know, through our fathers or through other men, if we don't find that answer, we're always seeking and we're looking like, do I have what it takes? Am I enough? And we could find, we're trying to find that, you know, through drugs, through alcohol, through sex. I just want to know, especially you could fall in that with women, you know, you're trying to use the woman as like, well, do I have what it takes? Am I enough? That validation, we want to be validated. And I think by my relationship with God is he shows me that I have what it takes and that I'm enough. And he's trying to initiate me through these so-called things I call problems. But it's my initiation of Sal. Okay, here's this problem in front of you. Find a way to overcome this. And I'm showing you, you have what it takes. You just overcame that big thing that you couldn't see around. And now you're walking through it. And that's your initiation. And there's different stages, you know, the cowboy stage, the warrior stage, the lover stage, the king stage, and then the sage stage. But they're all very interesting. The warrior, you know, I went, um, on the warrior stage to say every man has it within him to fight for something. We all have a warrior within us. And sometimes God will throw that, that balance in there. There's also a lover. They say, never trust a man with a sword that can't dance. And what that quote means is a man could be so destructive on the warrior side. He went all the way in with the warrior and he didn't tap into his lover side. So now he's being destructive. But yeah, there's that masculinity is just, that's a journey I'm on now and just surrounding myself with other men. That's what men need. They need to surround themselves with other good men. Masculinity could only be 
passed down by masculinity. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes good sense, man. <clears throat> I, uh, fire, man. The, the literal, actual fire. Um, some of the best advice I've ever gotten, uh, which is, is very similar to that, is that you know, we look for, we, we try to measure you know, the question of good enough with different you know, weights, lengths, distances, sizes, whatever kind of measurement you want to throw at it. Uh, we, try to, we try to do that, but none of those measurements are valid. None of those are, are real. You know, none of those truly show us uh, or give us that answer. But the one measurement that does is our intimacy with God, our intimacy in our faith. We will, you know, find that answer there that we are enough. You know, the more we dive into our faith, the stronger that we get when we're so connected, you know, when we're so prepared, uh, so ready to answer uh, our call. So I think that was awesome, man. What an awesome journey. And more men need to hear this, right? More, more men need to be involved and put that as a focal point in their life of surrounding yourself, being intentional with the men you surround yourself with because it has a huge impact on, on who you are, right? It can really yeah. change your perspective. I think there's a, you know, the groups that I'm connected to, there's a lot of great men out here and we need to bring that back to, uh, maybe masculinity got a bad, a bad rap over the years for men that were destructive, but there's a lot of good men and the way God intended masculinity to be. I think we need to bring that back. It's okay to be a man. It's okay to be the way we were designed to be, but we got to be in a constructive way in a way that gives back to the world and to our families. And so that's why I'm so intrigued by it. I got a, I got a little boy. How are you going to raise a man if you don't know and understand what it is to be a man? If, if, uh, you know, if I would have stayed to my, my quote unquote way, I thought back then of what it was to be a man and I would have passed that to Achilles. And then now I'm just adding to generations of destruction, but now I see everything in a whole different light. I didn't know this existed. I didn't know this, but the, I, the best book I read on this topic was Fathered by God by John Eldridge. So if you guys would pick up that book, please do. That's, I don't know, I felt like it was talking to me as a man. But I saw where I was stuck at. And, you know, as men, we're, we're always, we only learn through adventure. We're always longing for that adventure and that beauty to rescue. Um, that's in all of us. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, that is that is in all of us, my friend. And I'm glad we got in here for our Saturday sit-down, bro. This was good. I'm glad we got to do this in the old office, too. Uh, it's been a while the since old office. Yeah, you know, the other thing, too, is that what I see is a good question to ask is whatever you're doing in life, whatever you're setting out to do, are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Are you adding value to other people? Hmm. Um talking just in general to people i feel like people are going through the routines but they're not ever asking that question like am I, what am i doing this for why am i doing this why am i here why do i want that job oh because i think it'll get me lots of money why do you want lots of money oh because i could brag to my friends well is that is that, is that, a, fulfilling? Is that a fulfilling reason <laughs> is that going to be something that 
or <clears throat> just asking those questions, even talking to kids, right? We're talking to kids and they're saying, oh, you got to go to school. You got to go do this. You got to go do that. But why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, do, I think that this goes back to one of our earliest discussions. But yeah, why is super important. And don't be afraid to keep diving in. Mm-hmm. Keep asking why to every answer you have until you find the root, right? The root of the the problem. Uh, there's a lot of power in that, man. And there's so much clarity. You find, uh, you find that you do have reasons uh, that you want to live. You know, to, there's purpose behind your actions. Uh, now it's from there redirecting your your actions, your energy to those kinds of things. But, all right, man. Are well, you ready to wrap this boy up? Yep. Quick Saturday sit down. Just wanted to sit, put the mics in on one of our little conversations and go from there. <laughs> yeah, this was good, man. All right. Well, we're checking out for today. This should, well, this will be out soon. But hey, look out for the Unstuck Yourself Challenge. We're killing it out there. And all of you participating are killing it as well. Yo, this has been Fulfillment Hero, where we share, define, and discuss the principles that model feeling life. Yo. Peace.